The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. Blue Pineapple Travel are experienced travel agents who help you design the perfect trip. They're all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. The world is a lot different these days, and the agents at Blue Pineapple Travel are ready to help you safely navigate it. From helping you figure out the conscientious destinations to helping you figure out entry protocols for different countries, the agents at Blue Pineapple Travel are there for you. Looking to work abroad for an extended period of time? Looking to attend virtual school from a remote location? These are all things that Blue Pineapple Travel can help you do. Again, their website is bluepineappletravel.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance. You can find them at itlcoaching.com. ITL Coaching and Performance exists to build a community of athletes set on reaching goals and serving the community. They have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and dreams. ITL coaches are real people with phones, emails, and the desire to spend time with you during your training. They are vested in their ITL athletes. ITL takes a communal approach to coaching, so there's always someone available to answer questions and to help adjust your training schedule. An ITL coach will be glad to meet with you and to chat about your goals and find the best plan to help you meet those goals. Again, their website is itlcoaching.com. And finally, the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by SlayRx. You can find those good folks at www.slayrx.com. Are you needing a pleasant spark to take your endurance game to the next level? Are you needing an all-natural, high-quality, customized hydration powder with or without sugar to stave off cramping and dehydration? Are you in need of an effective all-in-one fuel to slay your endurance efforts? Look no more. SlayRx. SlayRx has a really good line of products to serve our most pleasant exhaustion podcast listeners. Let's start with Michelle's favorite, Spark Plug, which replaces sports gel and gross post-race strips to the Porta Johns. It's a poppin' electrolyte powder in small, easily carried tubes. There's also an all-in-one endurance fuel. It has all of your electrolytes, clean fuel, and for no extra cost, your essential amino acids with or without caffeine. And it costs about one-third as much as other brands' combo rocket fuels. Finally, they have my favorite, SlayRx Hydrate Powder, which comes with or without sugar and varying strengths of electrolytes based on your individual needs. They can find those individual needs on the free quiz online at SlayRx.com or with in-person testing like Patrick and I did at their headquarters on podcast episode number 114. Hydrate is the fuel that I use during the Blue Ridge Relay this year, and I recommend it for all of you as well. SlayRx products are 100% natural, come in great flavors, are vegan friendly, and the Hydrate Light is keto friendly. They've all been well researched and developed by a UGA food scientist who's also an Ironman athlete. The products are tested by the pros and endorsed by your fellow endurance athletes and hardworking folks in the community. The free sweat quiz and their products can be found at SlayRx.com, on Amazon.com, or at your local run and bike shop if it's available. You can use the code PLEASANT22 for 10% off at their website. Thanks to SlayRx for sponsoring us, y'all. Give them a try. We appreciate our sponsors, and thanks to all of them for helping us bring you the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast brought to you by ITO Coaching Performance, Blue Pineapple Travel, and Slay RX. My name is George Darden. I'm an endurance athlete and coach in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a father of twin boys, and I'm a college professor. My name is Michelle Frank. I'm also an endurance athlete in Atlanta, Georgia. I am a mom to three girls, and I am a CPA. And my name is Eric Hall. I'm an endurance athlete and coach in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm the father to three kids, all 
college bound or in college and the husband to a beautiful wife, Melissa. Very good. We have some some fun stuff to talk about and some not so fun stuff to talk about uh, over the course of the next little while here. Eric, let's start talking with you. At the end of the podcast last week, we were like, all right, four weeks the Blue Ridge Relay. And you said something to the effect of, yeah, you know, we're all firing on all cylinders and, and it seems like everything's going really, really well. Um, and in the back of my mind, when you said that, I was like, I don't know, we should really say that. But Maybe we shouldn't have said that. Eric, what you been up to for the last week, man? <laughs> you really know how to come out of the gate. <laughs> um, so I, we, we recorded on Thursday. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So we recorded Thursday afternoon. And then so I was in Myrtle Beach on, at a conference and traveled back on uh, Friday, about an hour after I came home Friday, I was in bed and I really, I don't think I really got out of bed until Sunday, you know, almost 48 hours later. And so, you know, if given current world topics, um, it's obvious that I picked up COVID. This is the first time I've had it. I'm, I'm double vaccinated, boosted and made it all the way till now. So I probably have a very mild, uh, case of it, but uh, it did sort of hit me like a ton of bricks, and I'm doing better now. Uh, I actually, well, I'm not sleeping a whole whole lot. Um, if you follow me on Strava, you'll see that I did a three mile walk <laughs> this morning All at three right. thirty or something, three thirty a.m. <laughs> Are you something, for real? Yeah, I I could not sleep and had a lot of stuff going around in my brain, I guess. And so I went outside, um, figured I couldn't infect anybody because, well, nobody's dumb enough to be out there walking around the neighborhood at 3.30 in the morning. Well, one person's dumb enough to be out there walking around 3.30 <laughs> yeah. in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's so, actually yeah. before my threshold of when I think all the bad guys go away. That is... You're still in that window. Mm. I'm still in that window. <laughs> yeah, by like four or four thirty. I was gonna of... say four a.m. to five a.m. is the transition. Yep, yeah, I agree. I yeah. you you forget sometimes that I live in Raleigh, North right. Carolina. <laughs> I'm I'm not actually in this. I'm in North Raleigh. I'm out of the city, uh, so we we don't generally have that um, type of uh, person walking around. Um, so, all, yeah, all they have around is fathers of three kids in college who have COVID. <laughs> Eric, this is, first of all, 3.52. Walking around at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> so 3.52 a.m. But what is this, what did you do? Just go right, left, and up and down the streets and in and out of the cul-de-sacs? I call it every every left-hand turn. So I just, every time I hit a left-hand turn, I do a left-hand turn. And that's it, amazing. And, <laughs> that's exactly what it it's is. It's ridiculous. That is I do exactly. every left-hand turn until the left-hand turn is into my driveway. So it, it actually gets me through the entire neighborhood. So that's... Right. Looks pretty cool. Well, so tell us how you're feeling. Are you, are you on the upswing, buddy? Yeah, definitely. I mean, okay, I'm good. definitely better than I was uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday. I mean, I've been able to work. Uh, it's it's interesting. It kind of comes in waves. So I'll, I'll like, I'll get a couple hours of work in and then I'll feel like, you know, something just, just comes over me and I got to like step away from the computer. But for the most part, yeah, I'm feeling better. It didn't, doesn't seem to have settled in my lungs. 
um, it doesn't seem to be, you know, making me other than just like sore and tired. That's really all it is. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we should say, so all three of us on this podcast have now had it. I've had it twice. Um, and all three of us on this podcast took precautions and were careful and got vaccinated and got boosted. None of us think it's a hoax. None of us like, like we've all taken this seriously from the start, but I think it's a testament to how contagious it actually has become and how endemic it's become uh, that, that we've all, we've all gotten it. Even since June 1st, all three of us have gotten it. So, um, so yeah, this particular variant is particularly um, virulent and, and contagious, but um, what I was going to say is that, that, so when I had the Delta variant, the first time I had it, when my sons brought it home from school at the beginning of the school year last year, it was the Tuesday of three weeks before the Blue Ridge relay that I tested positive. And it was right at three weeks before the Blue Ridge relay when I actually had it. And so I'm not trying to like get in a pissing match with you or anything like that. I'm not trying to say, well, I had it even closer to the Blue Ridge relay than you did. Don't get me wrong. But what I am saying is that I had it and I got over it and the Blue Ridge relay ended up going okay. Um, and so I, I think you're going to be okay, bud, for the Blue Ridge Relay, presuming that you continue on the upward swing and 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 that sort of thing. But um, no, I, I I really appreciate you saying that. I know why you're saying it too, because I know who you are and why you would say something like that. I mean, you're just trying to point out the fact that you're better than me, and that you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, what I, what I'm doing is I'm well, this... setting you up for when things maybe don't go well in the Blue Ridge Relay because you're still battling COVID a little bit. For me to be like, well, I had it even closer and I was fine. <laughs> yeah. no. I'm just, I'm no. setting you up for future trash talk. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's, this uh, uh, podcast is starting off nicely. <laughs> no, I, I actually, like, this year for Blue Ridge, just because of, you know, the, the injury that I'm coming off of. And I was, I mean, I was in the middle of my buildup when this all happened and, there's not, not a whole lot of weeks before it starts, but I've been very realistic about this year. You know, it's about, yeah. it's about, and I, I, it's the same thing I tell my athletes. I've always told my kids, you know, it's, it's what you can do on the day, yep. given your condition and yep. the, the conditions that exist. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm going into this eyes wide open and we'll see, you know, I do think, didn't you run 31 last year? Like I did. I ran leg 31 last year. That was the one that you said was when we were reviewing it later on, you said was your favorite uh, leg of the entire race that you didn't do yourself. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and I know that you have 31 this year. Yeah, I do. It's, it's a rematch between 31 and mm-hmm. I, because 31 decimated me. Yeah. Uh, the first year we did this, I mean, decimated. I've, yeah. I've never felt or looked like I did at the end of that leg. Um, and but but the thing was that what I was getting at was the first time you ran 31, right? It didn't go so well, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the first the first time I did it was the following year it was was 2019, and and it beat the crap out of me too. Yeah. Um, but but between between it beating you so badly, beating you down so badly in 2018, beating me down so badly in 2019, beating our friend, our teammate Brett down so badly in 2020. That's the reason why going into it in 2021, I was like this is this leg is not going to defeat us again it will not that was actually my mantra in that leg was it will not defeat us um yeah. and, and i, I, I remember running it pretty well yeah I, I remember that and i will never forget i was i was pretty exhausted and i was in the van we're all in the van sitting there at the switchbacks and i remember seeing this light show up way way <laughs> down at the bottom of the switchbacks 
And my comment to everybody was, that's not George. And they're like, why not? And I said, that's some dude on a bike. <laughs> because yeah, I, was, I was cooking along pretty well. You, you, I think your average pace was 745. It was for the whole leg. Yeah. For yeah. the entire leg. And yeah. that, and just, you know, if, if you, <laughs> gosh, if you have not seen the profile for this leg, it's a six mile, it's about 10 K and four miles of it or four and a half miles of it are uphill. Mm -hmm. And it's, what is it? Six to 8% plus, right. Yeah, you know, it, it, guys, he was flying yeah. <laughs> and that's why it was my favorite leg that I didn't run. So, and, and it was, and it was very emotional for me. Um, you know, I, I got up to the top and I was actually like not able to talk about it for a while. Um, and like, I tried to call up my wife and tell and actually I'm kind of getting emotional thinking about it even right now. Um, it was just sort of this emotional time in my life. I was in the midst of a difficult run for school board here. Um, and, and I just had COVID, you know, and it was really, really emotional and actually doing well was this really emotional moment for me. Um, and yeah. Um, so I might walk the other legs I do, but I'm going to make sure that I do you proud. Awesome. Cool, <laughs> 31. man. I, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm on board. I, I, I think that's great. I, I, I think I think that is a perfectly legit approach. Because, um, yeah, 31 can definitely be a bear. It can be a bear. And I've been training. My training is going pretty well, knock on wood. Maybe I shouldn't put it out there like that since uh, since we might have learned from Eric last week. But um, and so so I, I, I'm feeling pretty good here. So I'm, I'm ready to, to pick up any slack that you need me to pick up, buddy. Um, Y'all picked up my slack a little bit last year and certainly in 2019 when I had a bad race. And so I look forward to repaying that favor. Um, I plan on just letting Brian pick up all my slack. <laughs> Awesome. Very good. Um, Michelle, how you doing? Michelle, you had two big runs this week. I did. Yes, you did. Um, and I want to talk about each Are of you? them. Um, and I you had to travel and go and do them. One of them was that you went up to Cloudland Canyon and did a run there, right? That's right. So how'd that go? That was really fun. Well, it's not so runnable. Um, but I've, for whatever reason, the race, the timeline doesn't work. I also sort of just have this, uh, I don't really want to run a run bum race. <laughs> Anyways, you're talking, you're I never make Cloudland Canyon 50k. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. I was gonna say I never actually make it to the Cloudland Canyon 50k, but um, and I'm always heading north into the mountains a lot, but I'm never, but I'm always going, you know, up 575 or west, right? I'm never going to Chattanooga or the Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, all of that Pinhoti, like that whole area. Um, so yeah, I had uh just a little bit of tiny bit of summer left um before my my first kid to go back to school went back to school today um so yeah went up to cloudland canyon and it's just so pretty it's like i'm from atlanta and there's all these places that we have right here um i mean it's far it was a solid probably two hour and 10 minute drive um with no traffic but it was awesome the canyon part wasn't so runnable which I guess is pretty obvious. Did you go down the stairs and then back up out of the stairs? So are you talking about like the 600 stairs or the yeah. stairs that go to the West Rim trail? Okay. I ran out of time. I actually, and this is a good reason to go back, but I didn't do, go down and up the 600 stairs. I gotcha. wanted to run the West Rim trail, which as runnable as it wasn't, it was probably more runnable than going down and up 600 stairs. Um, and then my plan was to kind of just go through that whole overpass and crossover uh 
to another one of the loops, but I somehow missed the left turn to that and ended up on a two mile loop. So that was about two and a half miles that I wasn't expecting. And then I was just out of water mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was out of fuel and it was almost two hours. And I just sort of, I guess I miscalculated the East side um, and need to go back. Yes, but you did. yeah. Right on. Very <laughs> good. You got to see the pretty good. parts. Oh, I, oh yeah. I saw the pretty parts. Um, mm-hmm. Also need to go back and be like the tourist that goes down and up the 600 stairs. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a waterfall. Have you been to the waterfall? Yeah. So, 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 the, so I did <laughs> I do, missed a lot of it. <laughs> so I did do the Cloudland Canyon 50 K um, a couple of years ago. I did it in 2019. Um, and, and it started pretty far East of the actual Canyon and then ran for about 17 miles until it got to the Canyon and then ran a lot of the stuff that you ran, but it runs down all the stairs into the Canyon. And then it runs right up to that waterfall and then it turns around and goes back up all of those stairs. Um, and it doesn't go all the way to the very top of the stairs. It goes about two thirds of the way up and then it kind of pops off yeah, um, and goes into some of those really technical trails that, that you went on. Um, yeah, and and then, was... yeah, then you finish those and then you actually run the last four miles on the road. Um, and it's like oh, 28 wow. or 29 miles. Um, so, yeah, you can so, yeah. see that 19 mile section coming down. Um, all the way from the east, but we didn't we didn't hit any of that. We really just went to the visitor center and mm-hmm. kind of parked in what seemed like a pretty main area. If you were just going to yeah. go down and up six hundred yeah. stairs, but um, <laughs> the, yeah. uh, the 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 part to the east that that was when I ran it was the first part of the course. That is very runnable, um, and so when you go back, if you're looking to get more mileage, then you can go out there and and run over that yeah. and then do your 600 drive stairs. over to the yeah so, exactly there you go there you go the other run you did this week that i oh, think I is definitely he- of note <laughs> is that you got in your car and you drove over to a different part of atlanta so that you could try and reclaim your local legend no, on strava segment right? i didn't i didn't drive <laughs> i just ran my out and back that covers this specific section out of Virginia Highlands. What are you talking about? I got in my car and drove. I thought you, had to, I thought you said that, that, that you had to drive if you were going to be able to do that because it was so, too long of a run otherwise. Well, it's just a run that I would use for like a medium long run. It's the route that I go for like a nine to 10 mile run. Gotcha. But I named it like two Georges and back because technically just getting from my house to the intersection of North Highland in Virginia, which is where Georges is, um is george's is a bar in virginia highlands she's, she's not actually right. talking about running to my house so well, that's kind of far <laughs> yeah. uh how would, would i do that maybe i just go up one. 41 or something yeah mm-hmm. but i just have to stay off the highway anyway okay um yeah so <laughs> how did we get <laughs> anyway super unplanned this is not how i like to do this run this uh involves turning around at an earlier point where if I was going to only run seven to eight mile distance, I would just do a loop from my house. It was very frustrating, but I'm also very determined to get back a local legend that I've held for a really long time. Like, I don't think I've ever lost it since whenever I first got it. And that might not be true because I see Eric, like he's going into Strava to try to figure this out. Um, so anyway, I just, I just want that section back. It's a really hard two mile section. It's like, if I ever had a long run with like two miles at marathon pace at the end, that's where I do those two miles. Like, I don't, I don't know why other people are running that section, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to go while they're running that section and taking away your local legend, the one that is rightfully yours. <laughs> that's right. I also, I got another local legend back today also, which is that Clifton Hill yeah, you um, did. by the fire department. So yeah, like, get out of my way people. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, 
the reason the reason why I want to underline it is because for all the trash that you talk about Strava, you uh-huh. just said that you went out on a really frustrating, uninspiring run solely so that you could cover this one segment. And That's right. Ultimately, potentially reclaim your local this legend is, status on that segment. Yeah, this is the stupidest way to run eight miles from my house. Like it is the most boring. There's not even a water fountain. Like there's you but don't you even did get it, and you're probably going to do it again pretty soon because you need to solidify that local legend status, right? Um, I'm going to do it Friday. Yeah. Awesome. So, and local this legends is not for those rocket of you who, science. for those who don't know about local legends, local legends is people who have run the most over a particular segment over the 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 previous ninety days, and so you don't get it by going the faster than anybody else has over that section. You get it by going more than anybody else has over that section. So, uh, Michelle is soon to be. What did you what 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 have you named that segment? What is the name of that segment? I mean, Strava. I mean, names you, right, it. you really want to say it because other people might hear it and might actually try and go. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, OK, don't. Well, don't, George, don't tell people that. It has George's in the name, I know. Yeah, it does. It's really it's like I would not recommend it. It's actually it's very difficult climb out of don't there and especially back to my house. Yeah, yeah you definitely so. don't want to do it. Anyway. <laughs> Stay away. Awesome. Very good. Very good. Well, I was I was excited to see that you are dedicating so much of your sporting life to Strava Local Legends Legends at this point, given how much how hard of a time that you've given to Strava and to me and for, to Eric for, for liking Strava over the course of the last short while here. I know, um, but like there's very few accolades that I can win in running, right? I'm never gonna like be the fastest. And so this is but like I go out, like I run enough and I work and I, and I just, I just want to be the local legend for this section. That's, that's, I, I, I think that's great. That's the reason why Strava put that feature in their, in their software. That's the reason why so, they put it on their platform. Right. It's because the only people that were getting the KOMs and the QOMs and getting like the, the things that everybody wanted were, were the fast people. And they were like, we need something for the folks who can't quite be on top of the leaderboard. Um, but who right. run consistently and train consistently, like like Michelle Frank, this girl over here in <laughs> in Atlanta that has this one two mile segment that she tends to run fairly often, kind of near this bar named George's. <laughs> I'm excited for you. I had a cool run last week. I ran at uh, Elemental Altitude. And how did that Michigan uh, Elemental that, Altitude it, go? It actually went really well. It actually went really well. So I uh, I knew that that you uh, you would be interested to hear about it here. Um, and so I was actually kind of taking mental notes as I ran about various things I would tell you all about it. Um, but no, it went well. Um, I went in the room. And one thing that you, you would definitely appreciate about the room, Michelle, and one reason why you actually might want to book some time there sometime is not having anything to do with the altitude, but because they kept it about 55 degrees in their tops. Okay, I'll go tomorrow. Do you it think was, they're available? It was lovely. <laughs> like the the oh. employee, McKaylin, who was working there at the time, she was actually wearing a hoodie. Um, That's I want to wear a hoodie so yeah, bad. Yeah, I mean, and 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 I can so so you know all the indoor workouts that I do, be they on Trainer Road or on Zwift, whether they're they're runs or rides, they're all inside my house, and my house is what seventy five degrees, something like that. Yeah. Um, and that's better than going out and running outside when it's 90 degrees, certainly, but it's still like 75 degrees. It's not like that's not kind of on the warm side. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great going in there mid fifties running. And so, um, 
So you go in the room and, and you can definitely tell that the air feels different in that room. Um, I mean, as it, trite as it sounds, it feels kind of thinner. It feels lighter um, because it's not quite as humid in there. And, and, and of course, there's the, the air is, is less thick. Um, and then just kind of started the, the, the workout, warmed up. My heart rate was a little bit elevated from what I would normally expect during the warm up. Um, but I didn't know whether that was from uh, the workout I'd done that morning on the bike because I had a hard bike workout only a few hours earlier. Um, or if that was actually from the altitude, it's probably a mix of both really. Um, and then just kind of got into the workout itself, um, based it on generally kind of what I thought I could do and, and sort of experimented with it and try not get too bogged down in the numbers. But I ultimately ended up running about the speed that would have been my goal had I been on flat ground, um, which I was pretty psyched about. Um, and so hit marathon, but fat, slightly faster than marathon pace, right around tempo pace, what would have been my regular tempo pace for all the tempo sections, uh, went pretty quickly for, for all the fast sections as well, even though we, I wasn't taking a whole lot of rest. Um, the one thing that I did notice is that when I finished the shorter ones, the 800 and the 400, I was definitely breathing harder. Um, um, and I definitely, I, I wasn't gasping for air, but I definitely felt like I, I was having a harder time catching my breath on those for sure. Um, and then when I finished and after I left for about the next two hours or so, my lungs actually felt kind of sore. Um, that's interesting. And they, and they, and they felt sore in the way that they didn't feel that way during the workout itself, or at least if they did, I didn't notice it. Um, but they felt sore the way your lungs would actually kind of feel if you had a little bit of a chest infection. Like if you had a little bit of a bronchial infection, like so much so that I was actually kind of concerned about that. I was like, oh, am I getting sick? And I wasn't. It was that they were sore from the stress that I put them under in that thin air. Um, so that that could to have me, had to do with the temperature. Also. So may, it could have. Right. So so since it was colder, the air could have been drier. Right. Right. And, 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 right. and that and that might have been it, too, for sure. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that until you just said it. Because um, I was thinking I was wondering if you're you know, sometimes when you run in the cold, like your, your whole, your throat and everything just hurts just from the cold, the dry, cold air. Going yeah. In, so. yeah. Yeah. And some, sometimes I'll find myself after I run in the cold and the dry, cold air, I'll like cough a little bit more for, for the next few hours. I went coughing. Yeah. I was coughing a little bit now that I think about it. So, so, so yeah, that, that, that could have been why for sure. For sure. Um, but all in all, I was very happy with how it went. Um, I, uh, I then had, I put on my, my, uh, recovery socks. And I went into the Whole Foods in East Cobb near where you grew up, Michelle, um, wearing my shorts and recovery socks. Um, you fit right in. And, and I feel like that, like that felt like a threshold to me. Like I I've crossed over into something new here that now, <laughs> now I'm, I'm a guy who's actually willing to just put on his CEP recovery socks and just let everybody see him and just walk into the grocery store. Like Did that. you wear the Crocs? So I did. I don't own Crocs. I've never bought Crocs as fashionable as they are right now because I worry about that back strap on my Achilles. But maybe I should. You don't have to wear them in sport mode. So is that what it's called when you put the the actual strap on the back? You call it's called sport mode. I just learned that this past weekend. <laughs> so I don't in the Crocs know. that you have started wearing. Okay, George, that's not public information. <laughs> We're not going to like divulge all my. Right now. 
deep secrets here. Crocs are very in style right now. I, I, I've told y'all, I've tried to convince my sons to start wearing Crocs because I think they would like them because they like being barefooted and stuff. Um, and, and because they are so incredibly fashionable among Gen Z and my sons are just not feeling the Crocs. Yeah. I'm just not feeling how they became so incredibly fashionable right now. Yeah, they, they've, well, you remember when they were fashionable the first time, however long ago that I was, it must them. have been about lived, 20 years. Yeah. I lived in New York City. It was 2005. I there wore them all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I had a pair that had like fur on the inside for the winter because it was freezing cold there when we'd go like to do our laundry in the basement. But then they died and they were supposed to just stay dead. Evidently not. <laughs> so why, why is it you can speak so freely about the fact that you wore them in the mid 2000s you had multiple pairs for different occasions and then now you don't want anybody to know that you're wearing crocs i mean i'm just not ready to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> and also like i'm not wearing them i Wait, mean i will what are you doing with them what are you doing with them, them? <laughs> you're decorating well, your house with them i mean <laughs> i i have a pair when i when i went to pick up um daniela from camp in New York, I stayed with one of my old friends who lived across the hall from us in the apartment we lived in on the Upper West Side. And she's sort of what I would call a hoarder. Um, And she had 10 pair of Crocs. (laughs) So I took one. She's like, I don't, I don't wear these. And they had still had the tags on them. And she gave me a pair of Adidas slides also, but my sister claimed those, which is fine. I don't need them anyway. Um, Plus I prefer the Crocs. (laughs) I don't know why that's part of the problem. So I buy them. them, Do you wear them in sport mode or (laughs) convertible mode? What is is non-sport mode called? Is it convertible mode? I think that's a great. This, I mean, my understanding is that Crocs termed it sport mode so that all of the summer camps that don't allow, or schools that don't allow little kids with backless shoes, like Crocs can basically say, hey, we have a back also. You just have to enable it, so to speak. Because you, to put you can't mode. just wear them as a clog. I guess mm-hmm. it'd be clog mode. I don't know, guys. <laughs> this is sort of out of my, I think I'm, my expertise the, is expired. The, 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 these, are, these are burning questions that the people who listen to our endurance sports focused podcast really want to know the answers <laughs> to. <laughs> oh, gosh. Sorry, okay, to everybody. Actually, this is, this is a legitimate question about them. Okay, I have two questions about them. First question, do they have a heel? Is there like a drop from the heel to the toe? No. Okay. I don't think there's any drop. It's so, so, so yeah. it's fairly flat like a flip-flop is. Yeah, it's just it's just more elevated than a flip-flop because it's like a ruggedish bottom. So. Gotcha. Second question. When um when you wear it in clog mode, does it feel like you're wearing flip-flops such that you have to like crumple up your foot in order to no. be able to wear them? No, not at all. all right. It's no. it's definitely not a you're definitely it's not as hard to wear as a flip-flop. If that makes sense. No, it does make sense because flip flops are actually bad for your feet. Um, yeah. And and crog, uh, Crocs perhaps are not. No. So, you know, I feel it necessary on each podcast to prove that I'm not a curmudgeon. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to admit that I actually have two pairs of Crocs. What? But they are both from the early 2000s oh wow that's pretty and you still good. have them do you still wear them? i do i i um so i keep one in the garage and when i go downstairs and i don't repair a ufus around the house because we have hardwood floors and they're 
they're like the best. Melissa got these from Ufus Fleet Feet. Are not Crocs. Ufos? Ufus. Yeah, I don't. They're yeah. so ugly. I, I cannot so believe I cannot believe you accused my black ufus of being ugly when you sent that picture of you wearing these stolen from your friend, stolen from your friend tie-dye Crocs. You want to talk They're about amazing. ugly? <laughs> so anyway, um I yeah, so I had the one pair, it's like a standard pair of Crocs. I don't wear them in sport mode. <laughs> They don't have sport mode. You can't even say that with a straight face. I, I, I wear them in clog mode all the time. But I, it's just easier than putting on a pair of shoes. But I, I have a second pair, and I thought this was interesting because Michelle mentioned the fuzzy pair. I actually have a, they don't have, hair i don't want to call it hair they just have like a fleece lining mm -hmm. they don't <laughs> they don't have <laughs> i sent you guys a, a text. hold on hold on they they only have clog mode Relax not mode. sport mode they don't have sport mode guys because they don't have the thing but i keep those in the attic uh stairwell because remember how it used to be so cold up there mm -hmm. Well, so, you, so, so that your sweet little feet don't get cold when you're going up the attic. So you put on your little up, furry Crocs. I, <laughs> in, 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 in Michelle just looked it up. The opposite of sport mode is relaxed mode. I actually think it's technically called four by four mode because all the YouTube videos. Four by four it. mode. I, I don't really understand. All right. <laughs> we, we, we may need to move on. <laughs> four wheel drive mode or something. It's, all, right. Uh... all right. So speaking of, speaking of products that, uh, that, that Michelle is a gigantic fan of, um, oh, and, and speaking of things that, that you rationalize using because they're pretty, um, <laughs> talk to us, Michelle, about the current state of your relationship with Koros, the watch manufacturer. Well, this is very personal. Um, I really emotionally invested myself in this brand. I think the last time I wore a Garmin after a solid, uh, eight years of wearing a Garmin, like starting with, you know, the forerunner 105 or 15, whatever it was. Um, I have worn a Coro since January, 2019. My first purchase was an Apex 42. Um, I was one of the first like hundred people in America to purchase watch or something so i've been wearing them ever since they became available here i've done beta testing for them how, how um, did how did you even get on board to be one of the first 100 people to be such an early adopter of that because i didn't realize you were that much of an early adopter i actually think that the first place i heard about it was in mario fraioli's i don't know if he had his podcast then but he definitely had a newsletter mm -hmm. and i think koros was an initial sponsor or he was one of the first people that had them as a sponsor because I definitely used a code to purchase the first watch. Um, I had gone from a Phoenix 5S to the Koros and I would just always kind of buy and sell the garments every 18 months, get back, you know, most of what I had paid before, then the new model would come out and I wanted the upgrade. So I would pay whatever, 50, 60, $85, whatever the difference was after I sold my watch. And I didn't like the Apex 42 because I thought the size was too small. So the other 
watch that I purchased was uh, the Apex 46, which is just a bigger watch. So I have two Coros now. And then I gave one to George. Um, so since January 2019, um, basically, George had one of my 42s. It broke. I got him another one. That one broke. I had the larger Apex. It also broke. So I was sent a second larger Apex. <laughs> This is during the time that I was doing all the beta testing for all of the rollout of, you know, their marathon prediction program and stuff. That Apex 46 also broke. They upgraded me and sent me for free an Apex Pro. And literally right as I'm getting ready to go uh, run in Cloudland Canyon, the digital dial on the Apex Pro uh, just stopped working. So every that's I mean, that's. George, did we switch your watch out once or twice? Like, did you go through two or three? I went through two. Okay. So that's five watches since January, 2019. And honestly, whenever they've died on me, it's been the absolute, and I don't know, I feel like this might be a little bit different for you, George, because you have that uh, 200 year old garment that you can wear. You're also okay with a Timex <laughs> sometimes. Um, but I am forever you know one time we were getting on the plane literally to go to palm beach for winter vacation and once again i'm packing everything up and the last thing i realized my watch doesn't work so i'm out of a watch for a week which is no big deal i know where i'm going but it's really frustrating i want to record the runs i'm probably in the middle of training for something i want george to be able to see what i'm doing and this past weekend drive two hours, you know, get to Cloudland Canyon, get ready to go out and literally the digital dial just fails. So part of the problem is my emotional response to that was, I don't even want to run. Like, I'm not even going to do this without the watch. And that is a whole problem in and of itself. But really after this, I, you know, submitted a Coros ticket. They actually haven't even gotten back to me yet. I did not reach out to my contact there because I feel like I, I'm just over it. Um, it's too many watches in too short of a period of time. I love the brand. I love what they're trying to do. Um, it just might be too sophisticated, too much, too fast, too soon. I don't know. Maybe it's just every tech company's, uh, I don't know. It just, anyways, I broke up with my chorus. So, and it's not that you broke up with your chorus. It's that you broke up with chorus. Yeah, um, and I and I you're, you're not you're not really going to get another one. It sounds like no, I'm not. There's I I can name at least a dozen people that are wearing a Coros because of me, um, and I and I feel strongly, you know, when I recommend something that I I felt, you know, I stood by it and I stood by it, and even they re literally released a software and it killed everybody's watch, and I mm -hmm. still told people, yeah, I think you're fine buying the watch. I actually, just as a side note, if you have a pace or a pace two, I actually think you're very much not affected by some of the things that happen to the, I don't know, fancier watches, let's say. Um, anyways, I still think that's probably the best bang for your buck for for that type of watch. So, but yeah, for me personally, I'm, I'm going back to Garmin. Um, so yeah, it was kind of fun. I opened my Garmin Connect the other day and the last run was like CIM from December, 2018. Hmm. But uh, yeah, it's definitely sort of a, I know Eric's in a I told you so mode, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's 
that's not true. anyway that, that that's that's not true that's only something a curmudgeonly person would do uh, right but but but, but, I, but i do think there's there's a lot to unpack sort of in your story there oh yeah uh, about it we might need a second podcast to unpack all of that well, but, 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 but but the first the first thing i'll say is that i don't think um and, and we should probably start by saying this is that I, I don't think that that you should beat yourself up because you were you became reliant upon the technology or because you got to a place where you wanted the technology that you were using to work. Like, can you go out and run without mapping it out? Of course you can. Can you go out and do a run without data and still have it build your fitness? Yeah, of course you can. Um, but you and I, um, and I dare say Eric, have gotten to a place where collecting the data and reviewing the data and posting it on Strava and comparing it to how various things go, that that we can do that and and it brings us some amount of pleasure. Um, and and I don't think there's any shame in that. I think that's fine. Yeah. I, I want to say just to close off the Cloudland Canyon, um, we did get the watch to work. We did a hard reset. <laughs> I had to actually Google how to turn it on. I never, I don't turn, I've never, I don't know that I've ever actually really turned it on and off. Um, but after the run and the past few days, the watch isn't recording elevation. So I'm just done. Like I just, I'm just, mm-hmm. yo, yeah, yeah, bye-bye. I, 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 like, and I, I think just, that's fine. So anyway. I mean, so, so, you know, the, 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 the first time, the first watch that, that that you you gave me the first course watch that you gave me that, that quit working was because of the software update which <laughs> it blows my mind a little bit that they literally killed their entire uh population of watches they with did a software update but they, they did. had to replace every single watch for whoever ran that update basically yeah. so it, it blows and, and, my and when mind you, and when you get wait, a software wait, wait, wait. update when you get a software update you presume that it's gone through all sorts of different <laughs> safeguards and checks and that sort of thing. And that if you download it to your watch, it's going to enhance your experience. There may be a bug or two, but it's not literally going to cause the electronic implosion of your watch. And, th- and that's what, that's what happened with that update. That blows my that's mind. That's right. Yeah. talking, Yeah. Since you stopped talking for a second, uh, <laughs> this is the one I told you. Look so talking. I will put here is George, I told you not to do the update. No, both of y'all did. Both of y'all I said, did. don't do the update. Yeah. And then the next text message we get is, I did the update. My watch is dead. <laughs> but, but, but both Why of would y'all you did. do that? No, but, but both of y'all said, I wouldn't do this update. And I was, and, and I even said, yeah, I don't know if I should do this update or not. But at the same time, I, I even did it and I even experienced, and I still can't wrap my mind around the fact that the update killed the watch. I mean, I lived it. And so, so I, I'm willing to say, okay, I'll, I'll take that. I told you so. I can say I told you so to myself because I told myself not to do it. But I still but was just like, it can't be. It it's can't unbelievable. Be right. that, that a software update is literally just going to kill the whole population of watches. And that's exactly what happened. Why does that happen? Why, like, how does, Eric, do you understand that? Do exactly. You, like, like, how can how, that happen? I mean, I mean, from like a technical standpoint, like how can... Like, what did they do wrong? Was it like one tiny, like, did somebody code one thing wrong and the software update just killed the whole? So, uh, you like, know, I can't tell you specifically what happened with that, but I can tell you just because I, you know, part of my job is I do this sort of uh, product update stuff to an IT system. And what I can say is um, they don't release these without 
doing a significant right. amount of testing. Right. Right. They they <laughs> they test it on a you know a, a fleet of watches. They test it before they even get there. And what you know, a couple of things that can happen is first they don't test it sufficiently, right? So they they miss some piece of the test. A second thing is they don't test it over a completely representative fleet. Right. Uh, there's probably 10 different versions of the pace two. you know, you don't know that sure. you just see your watch as a pace two. but there's probably 10 different versions that have a slightly different chipset or a slightly different build of some sort. And maybe what they didn't test is what got fried. Maybe it wasn't the whole fleet or, you know, the, the worst case, uh, well, there's two there, there's the secondary second to worst case is when they pushed it, they didn't actually push what they tested. So, you know, sort of like having a document where you have multiple versions of it. And the one is the, the final version is the one you want to send, you know, it's got your resume on it, but what you end up sending is the pre uh, final version. You know, you've, you've probably done that before. Um, that can sure. actually happen where they, they push the wrong version of the update out and it kills everything. And then the worst case is, you know, some sort of like sabotage, like, somebody actually yeah. somebody actually did something internally uh or external actor did something to cause that you know is that really what happened i don't know i think we would have heard about it if if that was considered but then that's also something that it companies are very uh reticent to talk about because it makes it sound like their platform isn't secure um so there's yeah. a lot of reasons there's a lot of ways it could have happened but, that was yeah. wild. No, I, I I appreciate your your explaining all those those possibilities, Eric, because um, I think it's interesting and and those actually they make it feel more legitimate. Like when I when I think of it, I don't think of it from a technological point of view. Like how could this happen technologically? I'm like, how could this happen like from a quality control point logistically? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like how could like how could they had not have caught this. And, and actually what you're describing, the scenarios you're describing all seem perfectly plausible, not excusable necessarily, but plausible. Right. Um, oh, the, the IT system that I work on with my company, uh, we frequently, um, well, every month we put a new uh, service pack into it, which is just like your Windows service packs that get you know updated every few months. And not every time, but occasionally it breaks some functionality that we had, we're trying to fix one functionality, but it ends up breaking some other functionality. And it's, you know, it's part of the, you've really got to be rigorous in your testing. And, you know, we actually have two platforms. We have a development platform that we try to test everything in before we allow anything to go into the production platform. Um, but even with that, this, this stuff happens, but to the degree that that happened to Coros, just, I mean, that really turned me off. I, I, you guys almost had me early on with the, the battery life you got i was i was on the website i was looking at the watches and i was thinking i'll buy a used one from somebody and you know try it out well i'm but about when, to send you five but when that happened <laughs> all of which are happened, used and none of which work that's right yeah. i i did want to i did want to say one thing uh, well I, there's actually a lot of things but the the the, the thing that i i wouldn't say like Michelle, I disagreed with you going down the path and sticking with them because I, I am a, I am a, you know, underdog supporter. Sh shoot. I went to Georgia tech. Uh, I, I yeah, followed, baby. 
I followed the Braves when they didn't <laughs> win games. You know, the from Hawks, 1996 to 2021. Yeah, the Hawks, <laughs> the Falcons, the Flames, like I, you know, Arsenal football. So, but uh, so I'm a big fan of the underdog, and then also I'm also a big fan of buying into something and sticking with it. And I think sure. you did that, and you just kept, you know, trying to make this work. And so I. I I think I that's agree a with both those laudable things. quality. I think that's a laudable I quality. I agree. Um, but I also think there is a point at which you got to pull the plug and you reached it. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, like I'm even still, and I'm sure the Strava elevation stuff is fine, but I don't pay anything for Strava. But not to have any of that data from the run is just like a, such a bummer for me. It's like, yeah. I'll go back and do it again. Um, it's no big deal. But yeah. Uh, if it had worked the next day or the next day, so I've worn it a few days since, at least just on my normal runs, but it literally does not work. Um, so damaged goods, I, I don't ever, I don't want anything broken. Like I don't, I don't want like a dent in my car. I don't, I don't want a non-functioning watch. Sure. Um, my, my, uh, my emotional state of fuck this, I'm just going to go back home is a whole other situation. <laughs> like well, I don't. So like, what is that? that that's, <laughs> yeah. And again, I don't think that's, I, I don't think that's anything to be ashamed of either. Like no. you, you, you want something that you, you bought to actually work the way that it's supposed to. I don't, I don't begrudge you that at all. I hated my Nordic track treadmill, as you both know. Um, <laughs> and, and the primary reason why I hated it so much is because it did not work. Um, it didn't work the way it was supposed to. None of the buttons worked and the touchscreen didn't work and the touchscreen would random, would register these random touches so that it would like literally stop in the middle of a, of a hard run or a repeat or something else like that. It was awful. But Um, it literally physically prevented you from doing what you were planned to do. I could have done the same exact run, no different and just not had a watch. And Except, it would have been fine. But that's only true for this one time. And so so that actually oh, yeah. is the other thing that I was going to say about it is that that so so and this is my, you know, the the other part of me mm-hmm. saying that we shouldn't be ashamed of relying on the technology. When I when I qualified for the World Marathon Majors Global Championship, which is at the London Marathon in six weeks, right? I mean, that's what I'm getting ready for right now, right? That's what I'm working hard for. That's what I'm motivated for. That's what I'm super excited about right now. The only reason why I got in is because I had to do a virtual marathon. And on May 1st of last year, I went down to Columns Drive um, and and tracked a virtual marathon using a Coros watch, right? Um, and shout out to Tiago Bianchini, who I know listens to the podcast regularly for pacing me for 15 of those 26 miles. Um, but I literally just did laps. I actually set it up as a workout on the Coros of a, of a, a workout with no warm up, no cool down, one repeat, 26.22 miles. <laughs> um, and I ran it as a workout, right? But the second watch that I had from you that I had gotten from you, I was out for just a regular old run and it was fully, it went fully charged, but it was, it was charged, you know, as, as much as it needed to be charged. And it was taking my splits like it always did and everything else like that. And then suddenly it just flat quit. Yep. Like, like I didn't, I didn't defy Eric's advice and do a software update or anything else. It just flat quit and it never came back on. And the data from that run was, was completely gone forever. What if that would have happened during the virtual marathon I ran on Columns Drive that I used to qualify me for the London Marathon this year. That that 
at the risk of sounding really overdramatic, that would have altered the, the, the course of my life for the past year. Um, and so, so, I, so I think that's okay. I think it's okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Eric. No, no, no. So this is, and this is something I wanted to bring up with Michelle um, and something we've just experienced with Grace and something that um, Lee has and you have and um, Brett has, you know, some of our friends of the podcast and Blue Ridge Runner friends. Um, I think everybody should consider a, a, if, if you're that tied into it, and most of us are, have a backup, you know? A um, backup GPS watch or just like a Timex? A, a backup to your GPS watch. And so Michelle, in, in your specific case, you have Strava on your phone. Strava can record a run. Like start Strava app run? What? Nobody does that. But, but um, I, actually, many, many people do that. I, 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 think, <laughs> I think it's fair to say that if you're doing something important, you should have a backup. I think that's a fair thing to say. Yeah. But, okay, but, but why but, can't but, we but just... I, but I agree with Michelle that... Do the important I, thing I without it. I don't want... Why would I... I, I don't want to have to have a backup. No, I, I'm not telling you that you want to have a backup. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm not trying to convince you to want to have a backup. I'm telling you that it is not a bad idea if you are that invested in having that information. Like George, when you were running the that that uh, marathon, I would have had two watches. Mm-hmm. I I would have borrowed somebody's watch and had that on my wrist. I would have figured something out. Mm-hmm. And Michelle. You carry your phone everywhere yeah, you right. go. Yeah. So I was. So my my first thought when you when you mentioned this was, oh, she can just use her phone, and you figured it out with a watch. But I never got to circle back and mention that to you. That is always a backup. Um, so why didn't you just? There's. I texted you guys from literally the trailhead and said my digital dial just broke, but you didn't say. Well, just use your phone. I didn't think like, of that. That would have that would have helped me so much. I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. Um, but, but I, I, I didn't say it cause I didn't think of it, but, and, and here's the reason why I didn't My think fault. of it because, because again, I hear you, I hear you, Eric, that for something as important as that run on Collins drive was that virtual marathon was, I probably would have. It probably would have been smart if I would put a second watch on my other wrist and, and run in two watches. I agree with you on that. I, I, I think you're probably right about that. Yeah. Um, but to Michelle's whole point that she wants her stuff to work. Like, I don't want to have to wear a backup watch. I don't want to have to go out for every run with with a backup, right? Then, then don't um, buy a watch from a startup like Coros. Buy so, a Garmin. Well, and that's and that's ultimately kind of what we're talking about, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> because, and because, because I don't want to have to wear a backup, and Michelle okay. doesn't want to have to back up everything. That's the reason why she's But you guys don't think there's any merit to just being able to go out and do these things without technology? I understand oh, this yeah, is a very no, this no. is daylight. Oh, no, this I, is totally, yeah, a well-marked yeah. trail. But I'm I'm I want to get to the point where if this happened again, maybe I have a Timex in the car, maybe I don't. I'm still gonna do the run. I'm still gonna do what I yeah. came there to do, even if I can't. That's look a different at, issue to me. That's a different issue to me. That's what, a different what, what, That's the frustrating. What what what, what, yeah. I, what I'm saying is that that there's no shame in you getting pissed off that your watch didn't work. That, that's that, fair. That, that, that that's Agreed. what I'm saying. There's no shame so, in that. We, um, that, we can talk you, about you, you bought technology wanted to work, but um, should you be able to just enjoy a run without technology? Okay, that that's that's another conversation. Yeah, and also I could keep 
the Apex Pro as a backup because the battery probably never will die because I'm never going to use it again. But <laughs> the elevation doesn't work and I don't want a broken anything. So I'm better off just going to get a Timex from Target and then knowing that my phone could run as a backup. Exactly. I had a, um, I had a, a coach, the last coach that I had several years ago used to periodically give me no data days. Um, and he did that with all the athletes that he coached, no data days. Um, and I'm fine with that. Um, I didn't have a problem with it, but at the same time, I don't, I don't feel like I haven't at certain times in my past had an unhealthy relationship with data. Um, but I don't, I don't have, I think an unhealthy relationship with data. It doesn't rob me of the joy of, of actually going on doing it. And so for me, if I would have been in your position and my watch would have died there right before I was going to do this run that I definitely wanted to have, like not a competition and not something real high stakes, but just a run, right? I'd have been pissed off too. And I, I'd have been really, really, really annoyed. I would want to see all that data. I would want to see uh, what that climb was that I had just done. I want. I would want to see how high my heart rate went as I was digging deep on that super steep technical section. I would have wanted to have seen that stuff. <laughs> would I have still done the run and taken something from the run had I not had that stuff? Yeah. Physiologically, would I still have benefited from it? Sure. But I enjoy reviewing the data. That's part of what I enjoy about right. running. Um, and right. so, and I think that's fine. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd, I'd rather have the data so I can I can enjoy myself more. The, the first podcast you guys invited me on, the topic was GPS. GPS watches. GPS. Mm -hmm. We only wanted you for your nerd data. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. No. And and I, I mean, I spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time talking about the benefits of GPS watches. Um, I, I do think there are. There are reasons to have those no data runs, though. I, I don't do that. I, I think it would be beneficial to work that in, though. I, I can see that. Um, I, I think this this is kind of funny. Um, the, so Thursday night after we podcasted last week, um, went out to dinner, and this one person at the dinner started asking me questions somehow it came up that i was an ultra marathoner and she saw my watch because i was wearing my garmin and you know the bands fluorescent yellow so she she's like oh what kind of watch is that and we talked about it and i told her if if you're going i think she asked and i, I hope she listens because she took the name of the podcast and i hope she listens to this because this is a pretty good discussion about you know being careful when you pick something like this but I made a statement about, hey, if I'm going to spend this much money on this piece of equipment and it's going to be this important to me and 24-7, it's going to be on my wrist, it better work. Yeah. And yeah. that was my point at don't buy a Chorus, buy a Garmin. Um, sure. And so I don't think that Garmin's the only you know, watch out there that you can, that you'll buy. And I don't think that all garments last for forever. Um, you, they're, they'll break too. Um, but I, I think that you really have to think through that, you know, it's, it's a $400 purchase, at least at the level of watch that we're looking for. So. Yep. Yep. Cool. My, my 200 year old garment as, as Michelle referred to it just a minute ago, <laughs> it was actually a hand-me-down. I didn't borrow it. It was given to me. <laughs> uh, 
um, by the founder of ITO Coaching Performance, Adam Heiser. He got a new watch and he gave me his old one, which I appreciated. Um, but as it has aged, it's a it's a 920 XT. Um, as as it has aged, its battery life has gone down, and so now about the most it can it can run is about six hours worth probably, um, and it also takes longer to upload to Garmin Connect. I found for whatever reason. Um, and so, so yeah, we'll see. Um, I've, I've considered my birthday was earlier this month. I've considered just going back and getting a, a new watch and just saying that was my birthday present. We'll see. Um, we are big I, fans of this consideration of yours. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I miss, I do miss. So the Coros, you could, you could wear it all day long. Um, and it had that battery life. And if I just like, my wife's like, Hey, you want to go hiking with me real quick? I'd be like, yeah. And I could just literally hit start on it right there and go. Um, it would take my heart rate in the middle of the night. And so I could look at what my heart rate was in the middle of the night. I really like that. I really like being able to do that. Um, hey, George, uh, my uh, brand new Garmin 255 does the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they we'll have one in a gorgeous blue color, which would look really good for all day casual wear for you. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Eric, final thoughts? Um, just um, looking forward to getting over this cold. Just, I'll call it a cold. <laughs> the COVID. <laughs> looking forward to getting over that. I'm looking forward to um, getting back into running. But uh, I really enjoyed uh, this conversation, you guys. This was a pick-me-up after a few pretty crappy days. I'm psyched that you join us, man. So the, the fact that you felt good enough to join us, which you definitely did not feel good enough to join us had we been recording 48 or 72 hours ago, uh, this to me is a positive indication. So I'm, I'm glad to lay eyes on you, even if it's just via Zoom. Um, Michelle, final words? I really need help connecting the Garmin to Training Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure that... Uh, if you guys can't help me, other people can, but I feel like you can help me. I feel like we can help you. I feel like we can help you. Thanks for being here. Take it easy. Thanks for showing. You're welcome. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks again for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasantpodcast, on Twitter at pleasantpodcast, or on Instagram, Most Pleasant Exhaustion. We're available on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, so share us with your friends. Don't forget that we're sponsored by ITL Coaching and Performance, who you can find at itlcoaching.com, on Twitter at itlcoaching, on Facebook at facebook.com slash itlcoachingperformance, and on Instagram, itlcoaching. We're also sponsored by Blue Pineapple Travel, bluepineappletravel.com, facebook.com slash bluepineappletravel, and on Instagram, bluepineappletravel. And finally, don't forget we're sponsored by SlayRx. That's slayrx.com, facebook.com slash here for SlayRx. That's the number four, SlayRx. Twitter, at official SlayRx. And Instagram, here for SlayRx, the number four, SlayRx. Discount code PLEASANT22. On behalf of Michelle Frank, Patrick Ollinger, and Eric Hall, I'm George Darden. Thanks for listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast.